So let's read our text, Mark 11, beginning with verse 1, and we'll read through verse 11. And when they came nigh to Jerusalem, unto Bethphage and Bethany, at the Mount of Olives, he sendeth forth two of his disciples. And he said unto them, Go your way into the village over against you. And as soon as you entered into it, you shall find a colt tied, whereon never a man sat. Loose him and bring him. And if any man say unto you, Why do you do this? Say ye that the Lord hath need of him, and straightway he will send him hither. And they went their way and found the colt tied by the door without or outside in a place where two ways met, and they loosed him. And certain of them that stood there said unto him, What do ye, loosing this colt? And they said unto them, Even as Jesus had commanded, and they let them go. And they brought the colt to Jesus and cast their garments on him, and he sat upon him. And many spread their garments in the way, and others cut down branches off the trees. Many of them were palms. And strewed them in the way. And they that went before, and they that followed, cried, saying, Hosanna, blessed is he that cometh in the name of the Lord. Blessed be the kingdom of our father David that cometh in the name of the Lord. Hosanna in the highest. And Jesus entered into Jerusalem and into the temple. And when he had looked round about upon all things, and now the eventide was come and went out unto Bethany with the twelve. So this is the beginning. This is the Sunday that Jesus enters into Jerusalem. And in entering into Jerusalem, all of the Jews had gathered together in one place for a purpose. Now understand, they gathered together in Jerusalem every single year to celebrate three major feast days. They're there to celebrate Passover, the Feast of Unleavened Bread, and the Feast of First Fruits. And understand, this was a commandment. So all of them had to, at the very least, send a representative from their family to Jerusalem. And these were all what you would consider orthodox or God-fearing Jews. Every one of them are, are there, and they're all gathered together. Are you getting the picture now? Many times we just read, you know, Jesus entered into Jerusalem. Well, he didn't just enter into Jerusalem. Let me, let me paint the picture even a little more. Minister Tim mentioned this last Sunday when he ministered that just a few days before this, Jesus had raised Lazarus from the dead. And there was all kinds of stuff going on as a result of that. You had people mad and you had people glad. You had the people who were hungry and, and really had a pure heart for God were glad and, and excited about it. But then you had all these religious people who were mad because they saw that Jesus was stealing all of their crowd. And so they didn't care if it was God or not. They were greedy and they became very angry. So now they're coming into Jerusalem and Jesus had not shown his face in there in a few days because the Jews sought to kill him. But again, we're not talking about a suffering Jesus. We're talking about a victorious son of God. The reason Jesus was going into Jerusalem is because the father told him, it's time for you to go to Jerusalem. 
Now notice, and we're going to read the scripture in a few minutes in Zechariah, that the prophecy was being fulfilled even to the point where you're going to loose a colt and this colt is going to be waiting that no man has ever ridden on. Now think about it. The disciples went and naturally speaking, take the spiritual part away from it, they stole a colt. What happens if you steal a colt? Now, now, you know, we don't deal with horse thieves these days. We deal with car thieves. But they dealt with car thieves a lot different back then. You know what they did with car thieves back then? They took them, they got three peers that would, and witnesses that would prove that they had stolen this horse, and they strung them up in town and they hung them till they were dead. Now these, now these apostles are going and stealing a colt. Well, they weren't stealing a colt, they were fulfilling prophecy. Glory to God. And so now they come in to Jerusalem, and again, you got those that are happy, and you got those that are very angry uh, that they see Jesus. Now, write these scriptures down. You can read these in your own time. We see this same account in Matthew 21, 1 through 11. We see it in Luke 19, 28 to 38. And we see it in John 12, 12 through 19. So the three synoptic gospels, Matthew, Mark, and Luke, and then in the gospel of St. John, we see the same account of Jesus coming in on Palm Sunday. Praise God. Now turn to 2 Kings chapter 9. When Jesus comes into the city on the colt, it's as if the entire town and all the people, all the religious people, all the Jews, turn their attention on Jesus. And what do they begin to do? We read about it here in Mark chapter 11, that they began to take their coats and their shirts off of them and they cast them down what else do they begin to do they they you know many of them carried swords they 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 took their swords and they cut the branches they ran to a tree they cut the branches and they take the branches and they begin to lay them all down why so that jesus can ride his colt on these we think well well you know why in the world would they do that well there was a meaning we'll see one of the meanings here in 2 Kings chapter 9, did you find it? Let's read verses 12 and 13. This is talking about Jehu the king. 2 Kings 9, 12 and 13. And they said, it is false, tell us now. And he said, thus and thus spake he to me, saying, Thus saith the Lord, I have anointed thee king over Israel. Then they hasted and took every man his garment. How many people? Every man his garment and put it under him on the top of the stairs and blew with trumpets saying, Jehu is king. So now Jesus comes into Jerusalem and every single, all the Jews take off their coats, they throw them down, they cut branches and they make a trail for him now to come on. What are these Jewish people thinking is going on? They're about to anoint their king. The king is now coming in to Jerusalem. Go over to, let's read another verse. Go over to Luke 13. 
Now, I'm giving you pieces of the puzzle. I'm going to put it all together in just a few minutes, but I'm giving you pieces, so stay with me. Amen? Amen. Get the picture. He comes in. He's on the colt. They've thrown down all of their, their coats. They've thrown down all of these branches. And who is everybody's attention on? Everybody's, on, everybody's attention's on Jesus. There's a few of them, a few of the Jews. Remember, the ones that killed Jesus were only a few. See, here's the thing about mobs. When you get a mob together, the mob will go in whatever direction the few excited people are going in. If the few excited ones are saying, make him king, all the rest of them will say, make him king. If a few of the excited ones are saying, crucify him, all the, all the people will get on, and now you got a mob. Do you all remember what happened with, uh, what was it, uh, back here in Toronto? It, we were here. We were actually in a hotel room when that happened in 2010 during the G20 summit when the mob went crazy. Do you remember what the police did? They got out of the way because their cars were being burned and being turned over. All they did, when you got a mob on your hands, all you can really do is get out of the way. This mob was going crazy. Well, look at what Jesus said to the Jews just a few days before. He says in Luke 13, and let's read verses 34 and 35. Oh, Jerusalem, Jerusalem, which killest the prophets. Who is he prophesying to? Jerusalem. And who is he referring to in Jerusalem? Well, he's referring to the Jewish people. He's referring to the religious people. O Jerusalem, Jerusalem, which killest the prophets, and stonest them that are sent unto thee. How often would I have gathered thy children together as a hen does gather her brood under her wings, and you would not. Behold, your house is left unto you desolate, and verily I say unto you, you shall not see me. See who? See Jesus, the king. God, you shall not see me until the time come when you shall say, Blessed is he that cometh in the name of the Lord. He said, you will not see me until you say, Blessed is he who cometh in the name of the Lord. Now, who is speaking? Jesus. Jesus is not speaking as a man. Jesus is speaking as Messiah. He's saying that you will not see Messiah until you say, Blessed is he who cometh in the name of the Lord. Turn to Psalms 118. Are you getting the pieces of the puzzle? He's coming in on Palm Sunday. They've, they've taken off their coats. They've taken off their shirts. They've cut branches, uh, many palm branches, because there was lots of palm trees in Jerusalem. They've made a path for him. He comes in on the colt. And they all stop, turn their attention on the Messiah. That's who he is, isn't he? Some of them knew it, others didn't. And they began to say, Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. I want to read our text, part of our text. We can put it up on the screen. Put up Mark 11. And let's just read this one part of the verse. Put it before our eyes one more time. Mark 11, uh, put up verses, let's read verses 8, 9, and 10, and 11. Verse 8, 
Mark 11, 8. And many spread their garments in the way, and others cut down branches off the trees and strawed them in the way. And they that went before and they that followed cried, saying, Hosanna, blessed is he who cometh in the name of the Lord. Blessed be the kingdom of our father David. Notice that. Our father David. David, the, the son of David, is who? The Messiah. Who are they calling upon? The Messiah. And what are they saying? Blessed is he who cometh in the name of the Lord. And Jesus said, you won't see me until you say. So now he's coming in and they begin to say, and who for a moment do they begin to see? They begin to see the Messiah. And they begin to see him walking into Jerusalem. And those that were with Jesus, they expected now is the time he's going to set up the kingdom. Now's the time he's going to begin to rule with an iron rod according to the prophets. He's going to begin to shake up the earth and we're going to take over as kings of the earth. They were expecting that. That's why a few days later on Good Friday, they were shocked. They're like, what? They missed Isaiah's prophecy that said, my servant must first suffer for my people. Praise God. Now some, Psalm 1, 18 is a messianic psalm. And we're going to read a few verses here. Let's begin with verse 14. The Lord is my strength, the psalmist says, and has become my salvation. Salvation, Messiah. The voice of rejoicing and salvation is in the tabernacles of the righteous. The right hand of the Lord doeth valiantly. Now, if you don't know who the right hand of the Lord is, let me tell you. The right hand of the Lord is Jesus. The psalmist said, I saw the Lord always before me, for he is at my right hand. Jesus is the Messiah. He is God. He has always been God. And he is now seated at the right hand of God in heaven. Praise God. Verse 17. I shall not die, but live and declare the works of the Lord. The Lord hath chastened me sore, but he hath not given me over unto death. Open to me the gates of righteousness. I will go into them and praise the Lord. The gate of the Lord into which the righteous shall enter. Who is the gate of the Lord? Anybody know? Jesus said, I am the door. He said, I am the way. He said, I am the truth. I am the life. And no man comes to Jehovah but by me. Verse 20, the gate of the Lord into which the righteous shall enter. I will praise thee for thou hast feared me and art become my salvation. The stone which the builders refused is become the headstone of the corner. Anybody know who the headstone is? That's Jesus. Praise God. This is the Lord's doing. It is marvelous in our eyes. This is the day which the Lord hath made. We will rejoice and be glad in it. Save now, I beseech thee, O Lord. 
I beseech thee, send now prosperity. Oh, God wants his people prosperous. See, he wants this word in our mouth because he wants prosperity in, uh, in our mouth so it's in our lives. Blessed, here it is, be he that cometh in the name of the Lord. We have blessed you out of the house of the Lord. Say the house of the Lord. Now, do you know what the house of the Lord is? The house of the Lord is Jerusalem. The house of the Lord is Jerusalem. Jesus now as the Messiah who is the gate is now the entryway into God as the Messiah. He is now coming into the city, into Jerusalem, which is God's house. Praise the Lord. And now the people are saying, uh, blessed, be the blessed be he who cometh in the name of the Lord. Now here's some things that you also need to add to this picture. The Feast of Tabernacles, you can just write it down. I'm going to make reference to it. Leviticus 23, verses 23 through 38. The Feast of Tabernacles. That's what we consider to be the seventh uh, feast of the great feasts of the Lord. The Feast of Tabernacles, also called uh, Sukkot, is when the children of Israel would take tents and set them up in the wilderness and they would go out and worship the Lord for a period of eight days. And they would do this to commemorate when God brought Moses and the children of Israel out of Egyptian bondage into the wilderness to celebrate the Lord. The Feast of Tabernacles, you and I, and, and all those who are in Christ, will celebrate during the millennial reign of Christ. Praise the Lord. But understand this. Sukkot is still something that Jews practice every single year. Judaism, and I got this out of Wikipedia, even to this day in Judas, Jewish liturgy, the word uh, uh, Sukkot or tabernacles is applied significant, uh, significantly to Hoshana or Hosanna. This service is a cycle of prayers which from a selection is sung each morning during Sukkot. So what they do is they take Psalm 118 verses 25 and verse 26 and they sing it every day during the Feast of Tabernacles in the morning. Every day for eight days. All the Jews know this psalm. Every single one of them. Every single one of them sings, Save now, I beseech thee, O Lord, I beseech thee, send now prosperity. Now in your Bible, verse 25, underline save now. Save now. Save now is where we get the word Hosanna. Hosanna in the, is a Hebrew term which is de derived from this Hebrew word save, which is yasha. Y-A-S-H-A. Yasha which means save or to save. And the word na, N-A, which is translated O or O save. And the, the two Hebrew terms combined together sound uh, yashana, and it was pronounced hosanna. So hosanna means O save. So when Jesus is coming into Jerusalem and they're saying hosanna, Blessed be the name of the blessed be he who cometh in the name of the Lord. They're saying, Save us, and they're talking to the Messiah. 
every single one of them are now recognizing, whether they know it or not, that Jesus is Messiah. Glory to God.